Good morning, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Happiness After Codependency. I am Marshall Bircher. I'm your guide back to knowing, loving, and living who you are after narcissistic abuse, neglect, and emotionally unavailable relationships. I'm a little slower today. Uh, yesterday was uh, <laughs> an exciting day of, uh, of navigating uh, kidney stones. I I get them fairly frequently, and so I'm passing another one. So if you have name suggestions for this stone, post them in the comments below. I usually name them. So yeah, but today's better. Pain is is significantly down. Um, and yeah, let's get to it. So today's episode, we're going to be discussing. Uh, it's going to be episode one of an another series i'm doing called how to nurture yourself and today we're going to talk about what nurture is how it works and how we got here you know why do we need to nurture ourselves and what what's been going on in the background there for us so before we do that i need to get this shared out to the community the community is your safe haven where you can find additional tools guidance and support in your journey back to who you are back to your well-being back to your happiness after narcissistic abuse and codependency. Link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're listening via podcast, you can go to my my website, freetheself.com, and click in the menu above. Community will take you there. Or uh, Google it, the Thriving Beyond Codependency Community. I'll take you right to it. So I'm going to get that shared out now. If you are watching via YouTube, guys, um, make sure to hit that subscribe button and the bell for updates. And then let me know your guys' thoughts on today's training as we go through it. So I'm, they've, they've changed things here. So I'm just kind of looking at everything. Okay, so that's where the comments will come in. All right, cool. So what is nurture? How does it work? Why does it matter? It's in codependency. Growing up neglected will lead to this problem see we're, we're code we have codependent habits because we have not been nurtured so we all have intrinsic needs i call them the 10 core needs uh, the needs of acceptance being valued attention time place shelter protection rest um, availability things of that nature these 10 core needs are fundamental. They're, they're part of who we are. They are also the means to connection and, and to feeling like we belong, feeling like we are valued and loved by others. And it's also how we value and love others is, is through those 10 core needs as well. But if, if we are dealing with codependency, we are actually dealing with these needs. And we're using codependency as a way to get those needs met in some fashion um, usually it's with an exchange of some sort of toxic cost that comes to us for getting the need met in some fashion uh, put that in real world terms hey i would like some of your attention we do something to get this person's attention that person then uh, gets very upset with us very angry with us for wanting or needing attention and they label our need as needy and wrong and bad and things like that that's the toxic cost to getting to attempting to get our need met this does not mean the need is 
wrong, bad, harmful, or a burden. This means that this individual is a bad match, an unhealthy match for your needs and for your well-being. In codependency, we tolerate this cycle because we don't have access to anything else. We don't have an awareness of what else is available to us. We don't have experience with it. It's not a real thing to us. And so we tolerate what we can get. And that's called breadcrumbing or or I would call undue tolerance. We're tolerating whatever we can get because we think that that's all that we either deserve or that's available to us. These are the products of neglect. So what is neglect? Neglect is, is not being properly cared for. Were you properly cared for? Were you given love and kindness and attention just for existing? When there was a struggle, when there was a challenge in your world, were you sheltered? Were you understood? Were you empowered as you faced this challenge? When you were lonely, when you were scared, were you protected? Were you connected to? Were you comforted? Likely not. And it, it might happen sporadically. You might get this intermittently from, from the individual. But if it's not consistent and it's not reliable and you feel empty, you feel foggy, you feel not real to yourself, you feel confused as to what a need even is, can't name it, can identify it, don't know how it works, things like that. You have been neglected. And that's one thing that can be pretty blunt. So I put this bluntness warning on it because, yeah, that, that can be very confronting to acknowledge that I have not been given what I deserved and needed. We can end up feeling like, you know, we've been cheated out of something. A lot of grief can emerge from this this realization that oh, the things I needed from this person or from my parents or from, from a relationship were valid and I didn't get them, that can be very eye-opening. So we're going to go gently with ourselves there, <coughs> kindly with ourselves. As we touch into this idea that it's possible that we were neglected and that neglect is it's possible that this neglect is the reason why I cling to relationships that don't work for me. It's why I try to keep uh, myself needless. I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own. It's why we get the big euphoria when we get attention. We get a sense of value from someone else. When they give us some, some affection, some of their time and availability. It's why we feel numb, empty, lost to ourselves and, and feel like an outsider in our relationships, our friendships, and an outsider to the world. That's neglect talking. Neglect isn't something we earned. It's not something that we created. It was something that was done to us. It is something that, that is a product of not being cared for usually by caregivers. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, we, we, there are definitely different contexts in which the caregiver falls into. We can have the well-meaning but unavailable parent. We can have the abusive, toxic parent. We can have the emotionally unavailable parent. We can have 
the the non-existent parent. We we can have a combination of these things. We have parents who died when we were children. Partly my case. That's that. There's a loss there, and from that loss extends neglect. We're not being cared for, not necessarily by the the parent that died, although we can feel abandoned by them, and that makes a lot of sense to a child to feel that way. But what happens afterwards? About our grief, about what was going on for us. So, so neglect is emergent from the way we have been treated by caregivers. Caregivers have the responsibility to care for the children. That's their job. They're the adult. They're the parent. It isn't the child's responsibility to know their need, to know how it works, and to get it met. It is the parent's responsibility to teach the child what needs are, how those needs get met by helping the child understand the way it works for that child, meaning um, different people have different ways in which they get their needs met and an attuned parent will reflect that back to the child say oh your need for attention means you you need like five minutes of me saying yeah look at this or you need you know extended time doing something together or you like to spend presents with each other things like that it it can show up differently for people but the attuned parent will realize that oh when my child wants time and attention from me it's this way Sometimes it's like direct play, or sometimes it's just being in each other's presence, proximity, things like that. Sometimes it's a child sharing something with you or teaching something to you. I mean, there's a variety of ways in which that shows up. But if we have not experienced this for whatever reason, then we have been left to try to figure out how to meet those needs on our own. And that's often where codependency develops because we're attempting to get needs met through the structure of codependency by becoming appealing to the person, not rocking the boat, kind of actually displacing the importance of our needs to make their needs better in hopes or make their needs priority. So in, in we, we do this in hopes that when we meet their needs, they'll meet ours. So this is kind of this interchange that we're doing right there. It's no, it's my, my view is it's kind of brilliant. The brain's like, well, I've got to survive. I'm going to figure out the best way I can. That's why I don't look at codependency as a disease or as an identity or as um, an addiction. It does have an addiction component if we're dealing with trauma bonding, but it structure itself is really just about survival. <clears throat> so it's, this, this neglect we've experienced leaves us with that emptiness, that loneliness, like Pam mentions. I, I am empty and have no clue about needs being valid. Yeah, we don't even know if our needs were even real. Because nobody took time to acknowledge them and say, hey, yeah, that matters to you. And that matters to me. Let's meet it together. So this is where, where we're at. This is what's been going on for us in the background. So now we get to... We get to change this. We get to come into a place of nurture for us. So what is nurture? It's the proper care and feeding of ourself. And nurture has two primary elements that we have to come first to understand and then put into practice in our world. And element number one is what I call intrapersonal nurture or parenting ourselves. Because we're adults now. We're not the child that was neglected, we're the adult living with the neglect, 
right? And so part of our responsibility is to come back into connection with our inner selves and begin to cultivate nurture with them. We become the parent we needed, and we parent them in the way we needed to be parented. And that allows us to start nurturing the emptiness and the internalized loneliness because when we nurture those, they actually heal. The emptiness starts to fill in because we start to realize what's there, which is more of ourselves. We start to actually start to know ourselves there. And the internalized loneliness melts because we're becoming more and more connected and present with ourselves in a warmth and a kindness and a reliability that begins to build an inner trust and interdependence with ourselves. So that's intrapersonal nurture, that's self-parenting. The second component is interpersonal nurture. So we got intrapersonal and interpersonal. Interpersonal nurture is about building safe, healthy bonds with other human beings in which we get needs met through and we, we have a reciprocal relationship on these needs. Generally, the people we build these kinds of bonds with will be individuals whom share a similar how about their need. So this gets into the other extension of understanding what nurture is. Nurture is, an, is a relating experience. So, so being nurtured means we receive and we contribute <clears throat> to other people, places, and things. So we receive from them and contribute to them. And underlying that is what's called the what, how, and who of that interchange. So what do we need is the what. Can we identify our need? Can we name it? Then can we describe how it's fulfilled? Because every need has a how. Every want has a how. Um, that shows up with what we would like them to do with us or for us or to us. That would be the how. And then the who is whom we're focusing on in hopes to receive that need or want with or through. Now, once we understand what we need, we're able to identify it and name it, and then we can understand how it works, then we can determine whom we can connect with to make that happen. That is what creates compatibility and results in fulfillment of our needs. So in interpersonal nurture, we got to learn the what, the how, and the who, what we're looking for, so we can build that. That also exists in the intrapersonal nurture as well, because you still have a what, a how, and a who internally in which you want to connect with. We understand that. We, we, we start to actually live it. It makes relating a lot safer and a lot simpler. Not necessarily easier because we still have hurdles yeah, well, there's some scary things we've got to face and deal with. And so it's understandable that we struggle there um, and, and that, that that is a challenge. But when we know what we're looking for and how it works and we can identify people who show up that way and they show up as trustworthy individuals because they follow what's called the eight relationship bare minimums, you can build a safe bond with this individual. I recommend platonic bonds first and then build into romantic uh, bonds down the road because we need a support system that our rela romantic relationship is a part of, not the entire thing. Most codependents like to put all the eggs in one basket, and this way we diversify those baskets. Okay. 
So that is what nurture is. This is how we start this process. And in this series, I'm gonna we're gonna be going deeper into the what, how, and who, deeper into intrapersonal or self-parenting and the interpersonal nurture and how to determine safe people, things like that, how to identify our needs, and how we make them real to ourselves so that we believe in their validity. Because when we believe in their validity, we're gonna advocate for them. We're going to fulfill them. So that's what we're doing here. This is also what I go deep in the nurture course that I am teaching here starting October 4th. Enrollment is open for that. So I recommend if this resonates with you and you're looking for that deep dive into putting this into practice so you can feel more belonging, more warmth, and more fulfillment in your life. The Nurture course was created for you. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and then the description on the podcast. Nurture takes eight weeks. I teach you how to identify and name your need, how to legitimize and make that need real to you, and how to fulfill it using the what, how, and who approach for interpersonal nurture and the nurture process for creating resources internally that can guide and comfort you and self-soothe you and nurture you in your life. So that's what I'll be teaching you through those three steps there. Um, if you are already a member of the Heal Yourself Strategy or you have the Everything Forever membership, you are already enrolled in this, so you don't need to be worried about that. You should be getting emails over the next couple weeks about that. But if you're a new student, click that link above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and join us learning how to nurture your needs so you get more fulfillment, more connection, and more warmth in your daily life. So thank you guys for showing up for today's episode. Tomorrow we're going to go deeper into nurture and into understanding, uh, first of all, what it is, how I make it happen. So watch out for that episode. Thank you for being here. Go gently with yourself, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.